For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in Vikings. The NFL Combine is getting underway and free agency is less than two weeks away. I'm your host, Dustin Baker. I'm here with Brian McKinney, Sal Spice, and Ron Saw. We're going to chat about the Minnesota Vikings. We had a week off last week, so we got a few things to catch up on. Mainly uh, this little report card thing that came out that puts the Vikings in an extremely positive light. Some Kirk Cousins chat and then maybe some draft stuff we'll, we'll venture into. That's on the agenda tonight, foremost. Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting this season. Everything from NFL playoffs to pro and college basketball, UFC, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup information, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Live betting options, free contests, and live scores from almost any sport or game imaginable. Bet Online is truly the fastest, fastest, and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use this promo code for the 50%, B-L-E-A-V, believe, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. All right, so the group is back after a week off, and we have a couple things to get into. I think we'll start to get more hot and heavy next week because we will be mere days away from free agency and next week we can talk about some of the players we expect to possibly join or players we want to possibly join but brian right out of the gate here i'm going to ask you the nfl pa is doing this new thing this year where they have report cards for every nfl team and it has nothing to do with how good the team played on the field it is players voting on treatment of families service and nutrition the weight room the strength coaches the training room, the training staff, the locker room, and team travel. They're supposed to assign a F-minus or an A-plus grade. I'll get into who was the F-minus here shortly. It was hilarious. Uh, But lo and behold, on this report card of 1,300 existing NFL players, the Vikings got an A-plus and ranked tops in the NFL. And this is with free agency about 12 days away, which can't hurt their case for bringing in new guys. But Brian, I'm going to ask you, you played a long time in the league, all those things that I rattle off, how important are those to players? They are pretty important um, to make you feel comfortable. Um, meals is definitely important. Uh, if you have media meals, that's what you're fueling the guys with. You know what I'm saying? Um, a lot of things play a factor in how somebody's going to perform. You know what I mean? How what a family's taking care of, how the traveling is, how, how the food you eat, like all those different things determine how you play, your mood, um, how well you train. I feel like since I've left, I learned so much more about weightlifting and training. And it's like, I don't know, where, some of these strength coaches, like, I think they're just people's friends. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like some people, I'm like, how do they get the job? Do they really know? Like, 
what they're doing or is it like lift weights? Like, you know what I mean? But it's, I feel like it's a big difference when you have guys in your training uh, facility who are teaching guys but really know, um, especially for somebody like me who, like, you know, my whole career, it was always a numbers thing, a lot of weight. And it's like, yeah, but my body mass is like a lot higher. So then when I got the Baltimore stuff becoming my body weight and not my actual, you know, my my uh, body fat and not my actual, you know, weight because I actually have a lot more muscle mass than probably everybody on the team. So that's kind of a difference where you have me lifting all this heavy weight, but you want me to stay a certain size. You know what I'm saying? So it's like some of these people are having me lifting all this weight and I'm getting stronger. So if you don't think I'm getting stronger, you don't think I'm adding on muscle. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? age of 22 all the way to 30 or whatever, you don't think muscles have been able to stay the same weight because you clearly don't know the science behind this. <laughs> yeah, he's gotten stronger, but you're going to feel like he stayed the same weight. doesn't make sense. So you need more guys who are a little more educated in their area. Mm-hmm. And I feel like back then they didn't. It was just lift weights run, lift weights run. But things are a lot more technical and more. it's a lot more science-driven now. And I feel like people should have a better understanding because you have different body types. You have three different body types to be exact. So you have to kind of know the body types that you're dealing with because everything doesn't work for the same person. Like you may have one person who can drop seven pounds in a practice. You may have somebody only drops two. I'm that person who can drop seven pounds in a practice. Wow. I was carrying things different. I probably retain more water. So that I feel like is a big difference. And I definitely would have probably wrote some things on the <laughs> If it was, if it's 2011 and you're contemplating joining the Ravens or any of the other 30 teams, I guess at that point, because the Vikings would have been off the board, would you care about the facilities or what you hear about the, the culture? Does that enter your mindset or is it really who just pays you the most? Well, now that you have this, this wasn't available before, but if I had this available now, I would definitely, definitely take a look at it. Like I wouldn't want to walk into just any old anything for money. And I feel like some people depend on what their goal is. If their goal is just they want to get paid, or if their goal is to continue to play at a high level, from the high level, then you'll be concerned about the staff, the travel, the safety, the, the how your family is and the meals and all that all those things that come with being a professional. If you really care about those things and, and, and want to be kind of the best, you know, performing at a high level, then those are things that you'll definitely look at. Kind of along those lines, um you know, winter, you were with the Vikings when Winter Park was around. And from what I've heard, the, faci- the way the facilities are from Winter Park versus how they are at TCO right now, it's night and day different. Now, I know you had toured the new facilities uh, when you were here in the fall, um, but how big of a difference um, from your perspective is it from Winter Park to now? And how much of a selling point is that, uh, is the new facility to upcoming free agents? For me personally, all, that's all I knew was Winter Park. Like when I got there, that's all I was able to experience. When I left and I went to Baltimore, I could see like, oh, okay, it's a little different over here. But if you, if, you get, if, I, if I'm getting drafted there, that's all I know. But then if I, um, you know, if I went somewhere else first, and the facilities might be, you know, a little better. And then their report card, I know, was already good because it's not those facilities are really, really nice. But it had to be Winter, Winter Park now. Uh, they probably wouldn't have been as good, but um, for our facility, but I, that's definitely something I would have looked at. Like, de- like some of the things I looked at were location, people on the team, who else is on the team, uh, where did they like rank? You know, last year, as far as like playoff wise, things like that, and then um, how I feel like I could add in 
and then definitely would like to know how the facilities are. You know, I, I think I did ask like somebody before I came, like uh, Ed Reed or somebody like, well, how was the facility? Like, I think I did ask, like, what was it like there? Brian, um, excuse me. Uh, one thing I was going to, so you, you were able to go see the facility uh, this year. And I think even you told us in a group text, how, how cool it was or how enhanced it was at least, uh, from, yeah. yeah. So I think that was uh, a statement in itself. So Sally, when I saw this, yeah, every, yeah it's go like ahead. a small college, <laughs> I was saying like a small, like, cause it's like a hotel right there. It's very accommodating for family. And even players, new players who can't really find a place to stay, they have condos or townhomes or something right that's in the same facility, like apartments or something. They have like a team store. It's like everything is right there. Like you don't really have to leave. It's like a campus. Sally, when I saw this, so I saw the the, the headline of the tweet that said Vikings were the tops. So that kind of was a spoiler for me. But had I not, and had I known the criteria from the jump, especially the locker room and the treatment of families, I would have expected them to be right in the middle of the pack, especially the way based on the way the Zimmer and Spielman era ended. But evidently, the facilities and then the the treatment of families and the culture in year one with O'Connell was pretty damn snazzy. Otherwise, they wouldn't have got an A plus. Um, <laughs> did you agree with that? Yeah, I think just based on the fact that they do have those new facilities that they're obviously already going to be probably in the top 10 because they are going to have a lot more space um, than some of the older franchises, like the ones that are at the end of the list that have very old um, stadiums and facilities. So I'm not too surprised that they're near the top, but to be number one is obviously um you want to be number one. So I am a little surprised that they are first, especially with it just KOC's first season. And I believe they said that they were, um, they were analyzing this for two years. So um, obviously the Zimmer era was, was for one year, maybe it just wiped out because they took into consideration that he wasn't around anymore when they did this. Um, But yeah, you, you love to see it. It's, it's great. And I think especially with free agency, um about to start was how much the guys actually look at a list of rankings like this but um yeah you want to be at the the thing that's surprising because a lot of these you know are either um organizational type things like locker room facilities that type of stuff like a lot of that is money based but the one that baffles me how anyone can get an f in it and there's a lot of them is treatment of families like i i that part to me i don't understand like you'd think that any organization that has an we'll call it we'll say an asset like the player that's there like that you would at least whether the openness that's one thing but treatment of families to me seems very specific like we have you know families coming or you know kids coming to check out the facilities maybe having lunch it's like what are you just being assholes to all these players families and so to see the cardinals come in on that you know at the bottom of that list it's um you know kind of i would have expected the commanders just based off the history of daniel snyder there but uh um that to me is one where it's odd that that they were handing out f's so that there's teams that are actively like just cold to players' families. I can see that. I feel like the Vikings was really great and really hands-on with my mom. Um, I'm gonna say that the Ravens were okay, but I don't feel like the the Dolphins were the best. Well, and it's I get that some are gonna be better than others, but to like 
when I see an F, that to me is like they're doing something that's like either just completely restricting access or, you know, or again, just being cold to the visitors that come through. And that I find, you know, if you're trying to like where you look at O'Connell and he has this, it seems like a very family type atmosphere, like all the players, mm-hmm. everything. And he seems like you would be open to, um, players families being there so um it, it just struck me as a as odd maybe there's no merit to to how i look at it but uh that's what um I well what i was reading on that topic because it does sound very alarming it sounds like what you guys are being jerks to families i don't know what all was went into that but from what many of them say is that it's about um, families being able to have a private area together at the facilities and 11 teams apparently don't have just a family designated area or a specific area after the game or practice or whatever to gather and meet their um, player. And then also um, the Bengals one specifically, which I'm shocked that they have an F. It says that the breastfeeding mothers don't even have a private place to go. So they're sitting on the floor in the bathroom breastfeeding their babies um so i think it's things like that to make the families comfortable when they are there supporting the players um and i think again i mean the Bengals stadium is super old the commander stadium is super old whereas compared to u.s bank stadium it was designed with those comforts in mind um for families so i hope it's not that these franchises are just being jerks right I, i think it's a lot more along that line the one that I found <clears throat> strange, not that it, not that the Washington Commanders low grade would surprise me, but the fact that they got an F minus. I've never so F minus is like I didn't think it was achievable. I thought it was like only you get, it's like Saved by the Bell episodes, like the only time you got an F minus. And so when it was a palpable grade, I was like, I've never seen that. It's usually you just get an F and they give you some mercy, but it was a straight up <clears throat> F minus. And uh, and but then you look at the the team on the billboard is Washington commanders. And it's like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. But on the whole, yeah. The, um, I don't know, Ron, when I, when I tweeted out, I think I tweeted something to the effect of this was a pretty sweet thing to have as free agency isn't too far away. And immediately I was told like, Oh, why can't they just be number one in football? And I'm like, I get it. I totally get it. I guess that would be better. And then it was like, well, they, then they, they should pay the players. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that kind of comes with the territory. Uh, so I think it's a cool thing uh, to hit the the newswire with free agency not far away. Am I am I off my base there, Ron? No, and I think uh, um, again, as any pending free agent, like there's all those things that I'm sure you're looking at, like which is why Florida would always have an upper hand because no income taxes, that type, the warm weather, that type of stuff. So everything has a play. But I think this speaks volumes of the ownership and the Wilfs ownership because they've what. Take take out the the winning championships aside, but they do everything that they can in their power to make this team successful year in year out. Whether it's spending money, whether it's um you know how they treat their staff, that type of stuff. But they they try. They're not like the twins that they're just gonna coast by and not give a shit and see what happens. It's no, they're doing everything they can. They're upgrading their facilities. They're doing mm-hmm. everything. Um, you know in real time and not just waiting for like, Oh, we got to do something here because like we're getting F minuses on all this stuff. So I think that's a a kudos to them. Um, But also again, that speaks volumes to um, like the, or if I'm a free agent, you're looking at it and it's a well-run organization that 
they take care of their players and their family and all their personnel. Um, and that you need that in order to be able to build a championship level, uh, level team. You need to, that camaraderie. You need, um, like Brian said, you need the appropriate strength trainers in line because you can't just say, you know, we're going to have our punter. If he can bench 225, 30 times, that's what we're going for. No, you, everything is functional. Like I know Brian, all your workouts now is all the, um, it's more like, seems like functional mm-hmm. type stuff, not just lifting as much as you can, because I'm sure that, that, you know, at your size, that benching 225 is something that you probably don't do these days because there's no point. Like what's the benefit of doing that? It's all toning and stuff. So having people in place that understand those type of needs, whether it is nutrition, stuff like that, um, I think that's huge. And uh, to be one step ahead um, in the operations side, I think that gives the the Vikings at least, it, if nothing else, it keeps them on a level playing field. It doesn't put them behind the eight ball. I think it's um, very mm-hmm. interesting. The Cardinals obviously um, got enough that they will charge players for dinner <laughs> and they will only send it to go, but it's a payroll deduction. And if you work out there in the off season, you are charged for any meal you have. <laughs> they didn't have to pay me a bonus to work out in the off season. <laughs> you to charge me for a meal. Like, isn't that insane? Yeah. Oh, that is unfathomable. And then the, the expectations there too, that when they show up, they got to be at a certain level. So it's like, why not help them achieve that goal if they're going the extra mile? Yeah, it's it like, doesn't cost them that much to feed people. No, it's the ultimate sign I mean, of a hundred, tight like, Yeah, huge locker room. Right, yeah. like, <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, that's, that's it's ridiculous. embarrassing, really, because, you know, this isn't like, you know, Dave and Mary's little diner on the corner that's struggling to make it. This is the NFL. <laughs> so... They print money like it's yeah, like it's going out of style. Well, and if you're there in the off season working out, where else are you going to get food? <laughs> it, unless you pack your own lunch, which how many people are doing that? I mean, what are you going to get, DoorDash? <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that too, Sally, and I, yeah. I laughed. Uh, Bryant, I, I'm sure stuff has changed since you left the Ravens a decade ago, um, but they got A's in travel and locker room accommodations and then their strength staff got an f minus honestly really i don't know who that is or what that entails but they've had a lot of injuries over the last couple of years and i don't know what that like i'm trying to think when i was there when i give them an f no i don't know i don't think i would give them an f but um i just see the travel and other things i wouldn't say that strength coach was the best when i was there it was like this short guy. I feel like it was just somebody's <laughs> friend. Um, yeah, I would. I would probably give him like a C minus. <laughs> but that's collectively overall. You got an F. A lot I of do. <laughs> it looks like it looks like they the Ravens were a mixed bag. Um, B minus nutrition, C plus weight room, F minus strength staff, training room C, training staff B plus, locker room A. Travel A, and then uh, let's see here. Treatment of families C plus, and I can't remember if I said nutrition and service B minus. So, and to your point, Sally, the Cardinals got a big fat F minus when it came to good service and uh, nutrition. <laughs> so deservedly so. That's just terrible. 
That's just embarrassing. It is. So, I mean, I'm assuming they're going to be embarrassed by this and probably change a couple policies. And that's what the point of these things are, is that uh, accountability. Right. You want to grade out the same thing. You want to F again next year. Yeah. This is this is visibility and accountability through, um, you know, open <laughs> open information. So teams that score. Well. Yeah, it's really cool. And again, yeah. Like I told Sally a few minutes ago, I if if I just would have saw this report card, I would have clicked on it and expect the Vikings to be middle of the pack. Um, just I don't I don't know why. I just probably just ingrained in my bones that that's what the Vikings are. But no, they're they're at the very top. And you look at all the metrics. No, of the Vikings. I can say I feel like when he came as the Remicombs, I feel like he was always trying to find ways. I don't think he understood the sport at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like he was always still trying to find ways to make the program and the franchise better. And um, he always was trying to make it first class. And I feel like he just took time and just learned what was needed and went out and slowly got those things done. So I've I seen a big difference. I feel like with Ray McCombs was more like an investment and I'm older and, and it's whatever. But then when Ziggy came in, like you could just see things like turning around. You could see he was really invested. It was, it was there a lot just to see what was going on and see how everybody was feeling and being treated. Yeah, and it bears out in these grades. <clears throat> it's also worth noting <clears throat> for shout-outs that the Dolphins were number two, so <laughs> Bryant's other team, and the Raiders scored very highly uh, right there in that same A or A-plus range. So I think it went Vikings, Dolphins, Raiders for uh, players' opinions of teams. And this, is, this, is, this isn't like uh, you know Vikings players are talking about the Packers combination. This is dudes that play for the team or have played for them in the past year mm. or two. All right. Well, let's move on. Um, it's obligatory Kirk time. Um, I have a couple questions for Sally. She uh, she wasn't here last week. I can't remember if she was here the week before or not. Um, but some things that I consider interesting about Cousins contract or lack thereof contract extension or lack thereof have bubbled to the surface in the last week. So I'll summarize them briefly. Uh, the first one was from Tom Pelissero, a trusted source from NFL Network, claimed that this extension talk or again, lack thereof, is more all or nothing than years past. In years past, usually adding a year on the Cousins deal did the trick, alleviated cap space, kicked the can down the road, bada bing, you've got a QB1. Well, this year, evidently, uh, it's either the Vikings let the contract play out next year, do nothing here in the next couple weeks, or Kirk gets a long-term extension. And I'm guessing that his people, now that he's going to be 35 this summer, want an extra two years or three years on top of the year they already have for that stability and big final paycheck. And the Vikings probably like, we're not doing that because he's going to be 35. So I want to ask you, Sally, uh, left up to you. What's your call here? Let him play it out or add on the extra two or three year juice. No, just let him play it out. I mean, I think we talked about this uh, shortly after the off season, Look, it's been great. Thanks for the thanks for the memories. Great fun year apologizing to him and all that. But I mean, come on, like Quasi and, and Kevin do need to have some flexibility here. They they I, I just can't see them going for a long term deal um, because they want to build this team. Um, so I, I I would say no. Thanks, but no thanks, sir. <laughs> That was a term that Kwesi Adafa used yesterday, Ron, at the Combine when asked about the Cousins contract and extension. Uh, he said that, you know, we want flexibility, you know, because we're smart business people and financial minds. And I'm guessing that that either means 
just an extra year or do nothing. Um, the only thing you risk if you do nothing is that cousin shows up and balls out and the Vikings do whatever it is, get to the NFC championship or win the Super Bowl. And then you have no leverage because he will be an open free agent. He'll be like Derek Carr right now. You can't trade him. Your last good chance to trade him would be right now to a team of his choosing. So you would surrender a little leverage, but I, I think that would be fine if you have a long-term plan at quarterback. So are you are you in agreement with Sally Ron that you let the thing play out, or would you slap on an extra two or three years to the existing year? For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Well, if I were making a decision and it were something that, you know, isn't, you know, a Daniel joking $45 million contract, I'm all for, you know, keeping the stability, like, you know, at around 30 million, but if it's going to be more then I'm fine with the, the one year play it out because that also to me doesn't stipulate or doesn't um, illustrate that it's the absolute end after this year. I think people are looking at, Oh, just let him play out the year and he'll be gone. You can always bring him back at the end of the year, you know, like whether that is on like a franchise tag type thing, which I know he doesn't particular, isn't particularly fond of, but he's also, he'll be 35, you know, 36 next year. Um, if he has another really good year and there's no drop off, then why not do a one year deal every year and see what happens? Like, cause he clearly has made it known that he wants to remain in Minnesota. He likes it here. Um, and as long as the team is, performing well and he's performing well like i just i don't want to go into quarterback purgatory is my thing and you look at all these hot names that are out there and uh the whatever the three four first round picks that may be taken three of them are going to likely falter out um like you look even back to not not this current or season we just finished but the year before matt jones i would i do not want matt jones anywhere near my football team and if that's what you're talking about as far as a rookie quarterback i fully understand you have to eventually find that guy and invest in that but the all these people hyping the anthony richardson train i mean dude's a 54 percent completion percentage in college even tim tebow was more had better completion percentage than that like all the other metrics are there the great but Every year there's a guy that skyrockets up the boards, gets picked number two, and sucks. Zach Wilson, um, you know, look at even Trey Lance and the undetermined nature of him. Um, So I don't want to be one of those teams. Now I'm all on board with, hey, if you identify your guy, do what the Chiefs did. Like they, they liked Mahomes. They went up, they gave up future picks and went up and got him. All for that. Great. But they also had a competent quarterback at the time. So I'm perfectly fine going that route, but to just lose cousins or to just, just get rid of cousins with no plan in place, which I don't think Quazy and O'Connell do. Like, I think if it were Zimmer, you might run that risk of the knee jerk reaction of we're, we're done. We're getting rid of them and we'll see what happens. So, um, I mean, I'm fine with whatever they decide, but I also don't want to be going out and pissing off Justin Jefferson before he is to sign his big deal. Because if you have uncertainty at that quarterback spot, um, 
you could be in be in some trouble. It's worth noting that the last team that said Sayonara to Cousins has started 12 different starting quarterbacks in the last uh, five seasons and emphatically hasn't figured it out. And the, the commanders rank last in the last five years in touchdown passes. So they've just gone from guy to guy. I don't think that the Vikings would be that incompetent, um, but I'm with you that if if you have that option of where it's either you know the whole shebang four more years altogether or one more, you probably have to go with the one year um, with the idea that Quazy and Kevin can be trusted to go get their guy next. And I'll say this until it <laughs> happens to lift it up for listeners that everything about Quazy Dafaminsa and Kevin O'Connell, everything comes down to whether or not they pick the right quarterback to be their guy. If they don't, that means O'Connell's probably fired. Quazy's on the hot seat. If they swing in the miss, like the Vikings did with Ponder, arguably did with Bridgewater because of the injury, then everything's going to go pear-shaped. So we're, we're, we have this slow boil uh, until whatever draft it is when um, they, they either spend their first round capital and draft the right guy, or they do the b- best of both worlds, keep cousins for this year and draft somebody like Clayton Toon or Jaron Hall in rounds two, three, four, five, and hope for the best with his development. But it's it's really going to come to this climax on if this new regime drafts the right guy, because O'Connell for sure would probably be a casualty if they if they pick a ponder type. Quazy, the general managers have a little bit more leeway. But yeah, we're building to it. It'll be exciting. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully there's some justice in the world and we finally get one of our homegrown dudes for once. And that's the other part, like where, you know, I know you had that, you were going back and forth last week on Twitter with people about, well, you just got to find your guy. They got to take chances. It's like, just like that. Like, if it were that easy, the Jets wouldn't be drafting a first round quarterback every other year, it seems. Like, how many, since Mark Sanchez, how many times have they, taken a high pick quarterback and it just hasn't worked out so it's again i'm all for like there's smarter minds than me that are identifying these players i'm all for identifying that guy and going and i don't care about the draft capital at that point you go and you get it if that's you know next year in a loaded draft with caleb williams and uh the kid from unc um drake may like one of those guys um all for it, but if you're looking at it this year and it's like the Will Levis and Anthony Richardson of the world where it's like, sure, I'm sick of hearing arm talent because remember that throw that Zach Wilson made rolling left mm-hmm. and into no coverage last year? Look at all that arm talent. The dude can't play football. Like they're Clearly, Mike White took the job from him and everything. So, yes, they have to get it right, but they also have to – have the time to be able to do that evaluation. If you're back against the wall, like you have to make a pick, no one wins in that situation. You end up with a Jake Locker or Ponder or, you know, Blaine Gabbert um, mm-hmm. in, in that 2000, uh, whatever, 2012 draft. So um, I'm all for taking stabs. Like, like I've said before, it's, if every year we took a second round quarterback, I would not be mad because you're going to hit on it at one point. Yeah, they that's the Vikings foremost problem throughout franchise history is that they've failed in the draft to find the right quarterback. And then they go with a safer option of free agency where they know the commodity who has a track record. And that that's what leaves folks to believe that they never draft any quarterbacks is because when they do draft, <laughs> they do it in a shitty way and they get the wrong guy. Uh, Bryant left up to you. Would you extend Kirk for more years into, you know, the three or four range or would you let it roll? I would let it roll. Um, so I feel like we're at this point, like 
he's been there for a while, and I feel like at a certain point they're going to want to turn the corner and, and, and get somebody else and groom someone else, whether they get somebody in the draft this year to sit behind him, and he can, he can start grooming him and they can watch him. But I don't know if they'll want to add on years. Yeah, and the, the, one of the other most interesting parts of this is if there is no extension by March, blah, 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 and we roll into April with no extension for Cousins, and it's it's clear and apparent that this is his final contractual year, that really train, tra- changes how we think about the draft because you'll want some sort of rookie quarterback on the roster, whether that's a guy from the first round or the sixth round, because you're telling yourselves that 2023 might be it for Cousins, and you've got to look down at the roster next year, and I would think have a guy that you can pivot to um, unless you just want to do the thing completely naked and draft a guy next year. Um, I would guess that if there is no Cousins extension, some sort of quarterback will be chosen in this draft to you know have a look at, like Ron's talking about, whether that's Clayton Toon from Houston or somebody, or Hendon Hooker from Tennessee. I think that you would inevitably see a Vi- the Vikings take a stab, um, even though they only have five draft picks right now. All right, uh, Sally. Let's 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 round out the show with uh, Packers chat. And predictably, <laughs> this is about this is about Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love, because since we've talked to you, Sally, this conversation has changed as well. Um, it, it it appears that the Packers, for the first time in documented Rodgers history, are more ready to move on from him than ever before. Uh, there's been credible reporting that they're done with him, and now they're just waiting on him to figure out what he wants to do because they're kind of at his mercy for all the guaranteed money. But he he said after they lost to the Lions that he wasn't going to hold them hostage this offseason. Two months later, he hasn't decided. So, indeed, he's holding them hostage. So, you and I are notoriously bad at predicting this. What's your temperature yeah. on Rodgers right now or love? Well, yeah, I think it was today or yesterday that he came out and said that he would be making the decision soon. What is soon to him? I I don't know. You would think logically that would be by the start of free agency, but um, I don't know. That's what we thought last year too, right? That he Mm -hmm. was going to make a decision because there were teams that were definitely willing to take him on. Uh, Notably, the Broncos were very Mm -hmm. interested and and he played that out to the bitter end. So I think that they've got to move on from him. I mean, they've had Jordan Love on the bench now for what? How four years? Three years. Same draft as Jefferson. Um. Th- okay. So yeah, three years, and then so this year they're going to have to make a big decision about him. What are they going to do going forward? Are they going to you know uh, exercise the right to extend his deal another year? And. I, I think that the, the relationships are just so damaged there and they overcame it last off season and tried to sweep it under the rug. And I just don't think you can do that two years in a row. I I think the animosity is just building and building and it's, it's probably too late, but yeah. And to your point, they have to decide on that love option you mentioned in the next couple months, and that's going to cost them 20 million bucks. <laughs> And so how are you going to have a quarterback who's owed $100 million guaranteed, but then you also have to decide on the other guy who's going to get $20 million a year from now? And it's, it, I mean, they, they, they created their bed when they gave him that large contract last year. So it's entirely their fault that they're trying to figure this out. But uh, I think this is the first time that I can get. So two years ago, when this all broke, that he wanted to trade in the, tw- right, <clears throat> the day of the 2021 NFL draft, it sounded like he wanted to move on. 
Uh, and last year it was another like uh, mutually, maybe they're starting to sour on each other. But this year, it sounds like no matter what he feels after the retreat, they're ready to say, all right, just retire. Get the fuck out of here because we're ready to try out our new guy. And I think that's a new sentiment. Ron, do you do you agree or disagree with any of that? No, I and it's he is he's always been a media whore as it is. And like, he just, all he want, he, he can't go without being talked about because wasn't the whole thing. He's going to go on his darkness retreat. Um, and then it's like, Oh, it's going to happen this day. Well, no. And then he's on Pat McAfee and it's, Oh, nope. It's not until later this week. And then I'm going to have a decision as where, when I'm done now it's, he's done. And well, I have a decision or, but I'm not going to tell you yet. Like, just he wants to stretch this out as long as he can. Um, and you know, again, I I wouldn't want him on my football team. Um, one, I think he's lost a step. Um, he's not whether it's him, the receivers, or the offensive line. I don't know, but he doesn't look like the same guy that won back to back MVPs. Um, now again, he's still first ballot Hall of Famer, great quarterback, still very good at this point in his career, but there's too much drama that goes along with it, and um, which is why I think it'd be great if he ends up in New York because then it's the just his head will get bigger and you know but he'll also be scrutinized more. Like if he's not winning games or you know if they don't win a Super Bowl in New York, like they're gonna chastise him. So um just get it over with if if you don't want to play football, just say you don't want to play football, but you know, he's not going to walk away from $50 million. Like, I don't, I don't know how anyone does he could. have a, does he have a trade clause? I don't think a he no does. Trade clause? So he, oh, okay. So he, they could trade him somewhere that he doesn't necessarily want to be. Right. One of the Where, funniest things, a couple weeks ago, like when they were talking about it on the power trip with, um, like meat sauce made me gut laugh. Cause he was like, just when he goes in his darkness retreat, just trade his ass then. So he doesn't know about it. He just, like, that yeah. been, I, I literally I haven't got left that long, that hard before, but just the way he said it, just just trade him while he's in there. Like, you know, here here I'm used to have at it. <laughs> mm. You're, You're on, on mute. mute I realized there at the last second. Uh, Brian, do you think that Rogers rejoins the Packers for year nineteen, or do you think this is it? What's crazy? Did I see somebody give like a shout out like he retired? Um, yeah. um Brandon Marshall. Yeah, that's what I seen actually. Yeah. So they retired. Um he doesn't even like it there. So it's like, why do you like it seems like he's having difficulty, you know. There's been something going on there for the past couple of years. So it's like I would just sever ties and just try somewhere else. You've been there the whole time, just go somewhere else for like a year or two and you know, call it quiz. The eerie nature is how this is turned into a mere situation with Favre. Like while the details are different, but just very much when Favre was like every year, am I going to retire? Am so I you feel like it's the Packers organization? Yeah, like just like how that that went out. Like because it was how many years that Favre was like, yeah, I may retire, I may not. They obviously didn't know, so they drafted Rodgers, and now Rodgers, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know you know what you guys want to do but he's essentially following in those footsteps of you know making it about him um and then the team at some point like has to make a decision move on like either you're either here or you're not like we we can't hold everything hostage but um 
I mean, I, as much as I like to rip the Packers and that whole organization, whole state, whatever, like they've handled this. I feel like with class, like throughout that entire <laughs> the far situation and here, like um, just because I would just want to sit back and just blast the guy, like just go home. We don't want you here. Like you know, we'll trade you. We'll cut whatever you want to do, but um, but yeah, so. We also are striving for that 40 years of a phenomenal quarterback play from two guys. I still think it's easiest for everybody involved. I guess the only thing that would be light would be Aaron Rodgers wallet. Easiest thing would just be for him to say, I've decided to retire. Like it would just kind of say, Oh, okay. He get the little parade or whatever. the, the kudos. And then everybody could move on and the salary cap wouldn't be incredibly damned for the Packers. I think that, I think that's the best natural break based on the contract they signed last year. Um, but you know, again, this is Rogers and I would expect I bet you know, if, if Brady didn't, I was going to say, I, I bet if Brady didn't retire, I bet Rogers would retire, but he wants to be the headliner in that Hall of Fame class. Yeah, that's a good I, point. I just, it will never not be hilarious that they extended him. It, it made no sense. No, I mean, with all no the guaranteed juice, he's the one that should be talking about these dinker deals like cousins one, one year to two years, right. you know, pay him 50 million per year and then evaluate. But no, they're on the hook right now for $99 million guaranteed, and I'm pretty sure the only way that's alleviated is if he retires, because if he gets traded, there's going to be a fat-ass cap, yep. dead cap hit, and that's their own fault. And and I mean, of course, it's 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 we love it uh, because they right. did it to themselves. So, but then Jordan Love is their guy, Lafleur's mm-hmm. guy. So it just none of it made any sense from the second that Jordan Love was drafted. None of this has made any sense, mm-hmm. and then just to extend him is just I, you can't make sense of it. Yeah, I think the only, and it's a big only. The only reason that it got really interesting and Rogers had leverage is because all of a sudden the dude won back to back MVP awards. Like the moment that his successor was drafted, he became 2014 Rogers once again. So. All right, next week uh, we'll be mere days from free agency, so I invite you guys to put your free agent thinking caps on. We'll chat about kind of folks that we think the Vikings will target, dudes that we want them to target, and get together next Wednesday, same time, same bat channel. Anything else, guys? No. And combine stuff. Yeah, combine as well. I think I already found this year's uh, Tariq Wallen, by the way. <laughs> yeah, you got you to save it or you got to – Drop the name. Yeah, I, well, I could say it so then people can pay attention. Uh, Julius Brent, the uh, cornerback out of Kansas State. Again, I know nothing about him. I don't watch any Kansas State football, but he's six foot four with a seven foot seven reach, and he plays cornerback. So that's uh, if he if he runs in the four threes or four fours, that again that means you, you got to throw over six foot four with a seven seven reach. Yeah, that's that's filthy. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll talk to you in one week. Okay. Okay. Bye, guys. Later. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.